Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, so it's your boy Cody Mack here. With another dope interview conversation on What's the Word. I'm here chilling with none other than Miss Day Jones. Day Jones, how you feeling today? How do I look? Beautiful. <laughs> uh, I'm feeling amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, backstory for a lot of people that don't know, I've been on Day for, I want to say, almost about four years now, seeing like about three, four years mm-hmm. now. I've uh, been watching her career as it grow. Uh, for people that don't know Day Jones, like who is Day Jones? Day Jones is female entrepreneur. So with that being said, I do it all. I sing, I rap, I write my own music, and I have successful businesses at the same time. Oh, to you. Yeah. Oh, not the camera. No, you ain't gotta look at the camera. You look at me. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. All right. Yeah. So um, I feel like as being an artist, it's not just about just rapping and, and singing. You know, it's about being a business person as well. And I'm a businesswoman. And um, I just carry that over into everything I do because it goes a long way. It should be carried over into everything you do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Um, I think as an artist and watching your career, I think uh, you have the blueprint to... Uh, what it means to be an independent artist, a working artist, like have multiple businesses and how to, it need to fund your career. So I think you have that blueprint down pat. And uh, moving into like like breaking down that blueprint, like how did you get started in music? Like why music? Uh, for me, I've been doing music for a long time. It was always my outlet, you know, okay. like um, I'm from Cabrini been through a lot of shit my parents wanted my life you know and um music was like the only thing that was saving me you know like I didn't have a strong belief at the time in God because I didn't understand why I was going through what I was going through like why my mama not here why my daddy not here and um I was having like I used to be suicidal as a kid and music was literally the only thing that saved me I would write my poems and write my music or just walk through the house singing singing Mm -hmm. and it's like that singing just it's like, you know, you angry and you just got to yell and you got to get it out. You got to throw some. It's like that singing was that for me. Like, get it out. 
I had like I was so little with this big ass voice. Like I used to be singing the Whitney's and the Mariah Carey songs, like and walking through the house, like skinny little bitty old day. This big ass voice. But that was that was that's what got me started with music, you know. Okay. So uh, coming from the Caprini Greens, um, for some for people that don't know, can you explain to me what that? Can you explain to them what that area is? So uh, Cabrini Green is, was one of the toughest projects in Chicago. Like, you had to be tough to make it in that joint. You mm -hmm. know, like, when I first, because we, we were there when we was kids, we moved out and we came back. And when we came back, I talked a little different. I walked a little different. And I'm like, oh, I ain't going to make it like this. <laughs> like, because they test you. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you're going to fight almost every day. It was times where, like, my, uh, my older sister, she'll get sus suspended from school. Mm -hmm. And I used to hate them days because that means I got to go to school by myself because once you're suspended, you can't come on school ground. So she can't walk me to school and stuff like she used to. And these girls just used to chase me every fucking day. And I like I wasn't going to fight them. It was too many. It was them, all their little cousins, everything. Boy, I learned how to run that year. <laughs> I was a motherfucking track star. Like, I ain't never really tell nobody this story, but I used to be gone. Like, they know who they are, too. They used to chase the fuck out of me. <laughs> Boy, I used to hit them motherfucking says, Cody, I'm telling you, we got like, each staircase about 20 flights, you going down, 20 flights of stairs. I used to grab a pole from the bottom, boom, boom, skip 20 stairs at a time, boom. You ain't catching me, you ain't catching me. You used to spit on my book bag and everything. Them bitches ain't gonna spit on me now, though. Y'all know what's up. Y'all know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, like shit like that. When I was, I was in, in middle school, I got cut like from being in a clique because a clique was what protected me you know my mom and my parents weren't there my sister was a little older she was doing her own thing and I had a clique we was the no limit girls my clique protected me you know if I swung if I looked like I was finna swing they swinging mm -hmm. like if I'm just arguing they swinging and so you know after a while it was like that was my protection but at the same time that got me into a lot of trouble you know I, we used to get locked up for mob action all the time and I got cut in my head I had to get staples I had to get staples in my fingers like and I'm a little ass girl in middle school getting cut up so it was yeah but you know but then it made me tough too because I came home ready like I ain't worried about nobody. You know what I'm saying? You know, because I didn't get beat up or something when I got cut. You know what I'm saying? It was mm -hmm. an incident, but I wasn't no hoe about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, people, I, man, yeah. After mm -hmm. that, you know, I solidified myself. You know, you had to make your name in the streets, and I had to make my name in the streets. They knew not to fuck with me. I didn't have to fight after a while. My clique was so strong. We were so deep. Like, 50 of us, deep. So you just said a lot of things that I, that I kind of want to unpack before we move on. So you spoke about uh, your click and mob action. So what is mob action for people that don't know? Well, uh, according to them, a group of a group of people like pretty much fighting another. It ain't got to be another group. You know, we're just fighting in a group. Like, mm. so they're looking at us like we're a mob. Like, because okay. it's fifty of us, we deep as hell, and we fight it. So um, all women. All women. Yep. No little girls. Okay. Yep. So, you know, Chicago, you know, we, we like a real big game banging city. Uh, we have, we have gang, gang culture is big. For so, sure. So no limit, these no limit girls, what gang was that? Or what gang were y'all affiliated at that time? We was GD. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't know no female, I don't know females that's not GD. Unless they like on some stud shit and they be on something else and they be claiming something else. But if you a female like me, and you cute and you pretty, you GD. That's what your family is, you GD. <laughs> Alright, so y'all was uh <laughs> so y'all was GD in the Caprini Greens, right? Alright, so 
I just wanted to just I wanted to get your thought process on like as young women, what made y'all, what influenced y'all to go that route, like. For us, really though, it was a family. Like it wasn't so much like. You know, it wasn't just about fighting. Fighting was what we did to protect ourselves. Like, mm -hmm. we never went out and looked for fights. We just protecting ourselves. But we was a family. Like, we went out together. We did outings. We used to go to the skating ring, tell them bitches down. Like, we had a dance squad. All of us danced. All of us killed on the dance floor. Like, and a lot of times, dancing would get us into the fights. We've been on win a competition. Now they want to fight. This is a dance competition. I want to fight. All right, what's up? You know, but um, like I said, it was a family. A lot of our parents weren't there. A lot of parents on drugs. They were there, but they were on drugs. We was each other outlet. You come to us, you know, like somebody ain't got, we all trying to get the Jordans on the first. She ain't got them, we gonna any up and make sure she got them. Like right. we was a family. Okay, don't worry about it. you can't get them. We finna get you some. And, and that's how we was coming. We was a family, it was cool. Okay. So who was the leader of No Limit Girls? Um, it was me and my friend Juju. Okay, how did you get elected to be the leader? To be honest, I don't know. I just had that leadership spirit and energy about me. Because when I came out, like when I came about, they weren't a clique or anything. Like they were just this dancing group and stuff like that. I kind of formed this clique. Um, but the clique wasn't just, like I said, about fighting and stuff. Like we used to do our own fundraisers. Because like I said, our parents weren't there. You know, money wasn't there. We had to make a way. So um, we would collect aluminum foil and, and cans around the building. We had a little metal factory behind the building and we would um we would take them over there, get our little money. Then we'll start, we had a candy house. We was selling food at the candy house. We was having five dollar juke parties. Like we was making our own money. We was doing our own thing. I put together talent shows. I put together all type of shit with my with my clique. It was like it was like a my early on just entrepreneurship kind of experiment you know like that's where I kind of got it from like man you can get a lot of people together and you can convince a lot of other people to do what you need them to do like everybody wants to be a no limit girl we had little girls who wanted to be no limit girls like nah you can't hang with us you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. but it's like just having that influence it taught me what it, what it can do early on you know mm -hmm. so that's that's actually dope because you you utilize the resources you had around you to you know to make things happen and had an entrepreneurship mindset at that young of an age. Um, so you you named yourself No Limit, and being an entrepreneur at that young age was Master P some type of, was, a, was he an influence on you? What? When Master P came out, and we, because only thing you could hear about, you see it on the box at the time, you know, it wasn't like big televisions, and sometimes you just hear about the radio, and back in the days they used to do MTV Cribs and stuff like that. So you get a little bit of insight on what the artists did and to get to where they were at. And um, Master P was just talking about how he was in the streets with it. He was in the streets selling his CDs, caught a caught dough to dough in the streets with it. And that's what I relate to. You know, like everybody in my family, drug dealers or users, <laughs> shit. So, um, you know, just that whole mentality, you know, of having a product and pushing it door to door, being out all night. Like I watch guys in the hallway at 5 a.m. in the morning. They they start at 5 p.m. and they still in there at 5 a.m. and they get back up and do the same thing. They got the same clothes on for three, four days. Like, and I'm still that type of person. It's so crazy because like, all I want to wear is jogging pants and a shirt. Like this little sexy shit, it'd be cool, but I just be want to trap. Like that's all I want to do. That's, I just want to trap. Like, but no limit for sure. Like his hustle, the way he brought his family together and did all of that. I just didn't. I didn't.
didn't know we had that much power. Like, like just now till today, I'm learning like, damn, he did all that too? On top of that and that and that, damn. Like, but I didn't know we can do that type of stuff back in the days, you know? I, I didn't know the power we had, I was too young to understand. But I saw a little bit of what he did and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put my click together and we gonna make some money. Mm. We ain't gonna just fight, we gonna make some money. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, that was very, um. That's very dope to say the say the least. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, you in these Cabrini Green projects and you witnessing like how you you witness influenced by Master P, but at the same time you seeing the whole trap things from yourself, from people in these hallways hustling and getting to it. And as a kid, you use that same mentality to, to dance group candies, like you were just out here hustling and trapping. So that's dope. Um, I want to know uh, how did you? Cause you say you move your family moved out the Cabrini Greens for a minute like when you left was how was the uh culture the culture switch like it was it was completely different um because we moved to the north side of Chicago and um I was going to Walt Disney School so I was going to a really good school mm -hmm. um Cabrini was okay like the teachers would go be over and beyond to try to give us you know more education than, than they're offering us but of course it's not compared to a school like Disney you know, and then I start to see the just the diversity uh, in the the children, the way they learn, what they learn, the way they speak, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like I said, I came back, I was speaking different, walking different. Like I had a whole different outlook on life. Like I always was smart, but like it kind of showed me like how much power knowledge gives you. Because when I came back, that was my edge. Like that, I was so smart. You know, I was smarter than a lot of the dope boys that I knew. You know, there'd be doing they skill and shit and, and shout out how you do this part how you do this oh no them numbers don't add up have me count their money like you know like this nigga dumb and he counts slow and i count fast and i'm i ain't gonna steal your money you know what i'm saying like but that knowledge was power all the boys fucked with me and then they used to give me money for my report card i come back with straight a's here go my jordans here go my money so i knew that damn this the power okay, ain't nobody gonna give me shit, you know, I swear, the knowledge, I, I just understood that at a very young age, and so when I came back, it was like, yeah, this knowledge, this what this, this what this gonna do, okay. Mm -hmm. So, you kind of, what I wanted to kind of break this down is like, so you basically, you left the hood, and you came back to the hood, and you, Yo, so you had the smarts, but you needed the muscle. So you started the click to give you the muscle. Yep. So once you got the muscle to protect you in that way, you didn't just use the muscle to to be on bull, to be on BS. You used that family and that click to empower people around you and make you know some more bosses get money and stuff like that. So that's the same mindset of when they say don't leave the hood put money back into the hood mm -hmm. so that's basically what you did you left the hood and saw saw things differently and brought what you knew and combined it with the resources you got that you had already in the hood so that mindset is dope and i want to say like congratulations for that for establishing that at a young age so i can see why you're so successful in all your businesses now and how you is now look we you know we doing an interview in a pool you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, you know, do you feel me? And it's not a rented Airbnb. This is you. Do, do you feel me? Do you feel uh, me with my clothes on? Because we can just throw it in the dryer. You know what I'm saying? Because it ain't nothing. Because it ain't nothing. Oh, my boob. You can tell me my titty hanging out. Thanks. <laughs> okay. I think I fixed it. <laughs> um. So, 
Now we move into another part of your life. We, you're an adult now. You're a mother. Um, how has being uh, how has being a mother changed? Like changed you and had you grow up as a woman? Um, I mean, being a mother has changed me for. I'm not gonna say the good and the bad because there's just struggles and there's like some great aspects and parts of it. Because your children make you grind harder, ten times harder than you were grinding before. Because now you got somebody else who who living who you're living for mm -hmm. and um, who you got to create a future for. So um, you know your grind is ten times harder, but then your aggression is ten times harder too because you feel like you gotta you gotta make it, you gotta make it, you gotta make it, and it ain't fun no more. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I gotta make sure she eat, I gotta make sure she eat. When it's just you, you don't really give a fuck. You can sleep at anybody's house, you can go hang at anybody's crib, you be there for days. You know, it's just you. It ain't really a I gotta make it right now. It's like I got time. All right, I'm chilling. But with the kid, it's like you can't chill. Um, yeah, you gotta grind, and um, it just taught me a lot more about myself. Um, Cause you, it's like this. You can't be taught like motherhood and how to take care of a children. It kind of like just kicks in. It's like this nature thing that kicks in, mm -hmm. and um, and of course, like everything I didn't have, I just try to make it, make sure my daughter has those things, you know, mm -hmm. or just opportunity. It took me a long time to get to where I'm at right now, and my daughter's very talented. I don't want her to take that same route. She gonna walk in that door because I'm have it open. You know, that's my goal with everything she does. She's going to walk right in. Now, she's not going to be, it's not going to be easy because I'm hard on my baby. But you ain't going to go through all this BS, this bullshit I've been going through to get here. But, yeah, it's tough. Baby daddy, then you can't control your baby daddy and who they deal with and what they do in the streets. You know, her dad want to be in the streets. And, like, that's, like, one of my toughest things. Like, she was just with her dad, like, last week. And I'm like... I got this feeling over me and I just was like, I don't know what we gonna do, but next time you wanna see her, somebody else has to pick her up. She can't ride in the car with you. You know, like, it's just, he got ops and they don't care who in the car. They don't care where you at. They don't care none of that stuff. And, and it just, something was just like, you can't see her without somebody else picking her up. Like, it's not happening. Cause I just felt like something's gonna happen to my baby that night. Like, and I just felt, it's just, it was a bad feeling, yo. Nothing happened, thank God, but I don't want to have to feel like that every time she goes with him. So that's the portion of things you got to get used to the baby daddy and their bad habits, who they're with, the, that whole aspect of things. And then with music, you can't move and groove like you used to. Like you can't just get up and go and just, oh, day we need you here. We need you here. Like when I was recording my EP, I had to do it on the weekends because she has school during the week. Mm -hmm. So I, and just to make sure I ain't got to rely on somebody and say who's going to watch her, you know. Hey, the weekend, she's not in school. I don't have to worry about school and who's taking her to school and this and the other. Then I get to move and groove. But that made the process so long because we just taking weekends, bite out of the weekend. And then on top of that, she gets a lot of my time. I don't get to just be a rapper. I got to, you know, school starts next week. It's virtual. So now I got to be a teacher rapper. Like, <laughs> fuck, you know? So, man, it's tough. You wear so many hats. I see you still hustling. Well, um... This is, once again, I want to unpack some things that you just said in that statement. So I want to go back into uh, the the safety of your ch your child. Uh, you know, in Chicago right now, it's uh, a lot of these kids is getting murdered by being innocent bystanders. Um, how, like, as a mother, like, does that change what you do with your kid? Like, bring it. Like, do you like? Do you feel like Chicago is a safe place to raise your your child? Oh, totally not. Like, 
Not at all. And that's mm. why we're in the burbs. We love the burbs. Like, and it's not because we think we're better. Because a lot of people misconstrue things. Oh, she thinks she better. Nah, I just want better for my child. That's it. Like, the fact that she even knows about killings and knows that these things are going on, it bothers me. Like, you know, I know some people, kids who don't know anything about this type of stuff that goes on, that there's kids getting murdered and this type of stuff. I feel like it's a time, you know, cause it's like trauma and we don't need to traumatize these kids so early on, you know, just let them be kids and let their minds flourish and be creative without having to, oh, somebody got shot, I'm feeling sad. You know, like in my daughter's school last year before like the pandemic and all that stuff, um, she's like the only kid that brings home or comes to school with stories like, yeah, I went to a funeral and yeah, I, and it just be like, these kids be like, what journey, this happened? You're this person got shot, you know, it's just like, it's it's just Chicago is not the place for for kids to be raised, man, because it's just wild. It's like a jungle. Like, I, every time I go to the city, I'd be scared, even just on the expressway. And and every day I have this mentality of, like, I just pray that we not next. And, and it's unfortunate, but anybody could be next. So, but you coming from a... a growing up in a place like the Cabrini Greens you don't think you you don't think you was ready for this type of lifestyle or to, like cause the, Cabrini Honestly, Green, the Cabrini Greens was rough Cabrini Green was rough but they didn't play about kids okay like if they was at war they made sure there were no kids outside ain't no kids cause this is our beef not our beef with the kids you know mm -hmm. like uh, and, and I respected that even though it's still lives being taken they made sure kids weren't involved like if there was anything rapists going on like they catch the rapists they damn near killing rapists, you know, like, because mm -hmm. they touching the kids. So kids mattered then, and it was a cold then, it was structured then. Like, there's none of that. Like, like I heard somebody say the other day, like, I was born in a the gang. These kids, these kids going online and applying for the games. <laughs> <laughs> these motherfuckers going on the internet and applying to be in gangs and then just initiating their damn selves. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not even cool. That's a lot right. of these people, like, for instance, like I told you, we came back to the projects. I was a kid, it wasn't my choice to be there, but I had to survive. So it was kind of like, this is where I'm at, this is what I'ma be, and this is, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I'm a, no limit gonna protect me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know that, they gonna protect me, you know? Versus like, I don't feel like, like a lot of these kids don't need that. Y'all just doing it cause it's cool, you know? Like, it's just a cool thing, man. It's no structure, they don't care who you around, who you with, they shooting blind, they ain't got no aim. Nah, it's not the same. It's not the same. Like we 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 experience murders and stuff like that, but not like this. Mm. What was um, what was some of what was probably uh the most traumatizing thing? Cause you just say you say Chicago now growing up can be traumatizing. What was the most traumatizing thing that you experienced coming through the Cabrini Greens? Uh, coming from like like living in the Cabrini Greens. Um. I would say, I mean, it's, it's, it's so much that it's, it's tough because like, because we ain't even got to relate to, we ain't got to revert to murder when we say traumatizing, you know, like just my guardian always breaking a little antenna off the TV to smoke crack out of it. That's traumatizing. You know, every time I walk in here, you on the stove, you know, like, and you have, you ain't in your right state of mind. I can't have a conversation with you, you know, like. It, 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 that was that was a lot of trauma for me having to watch that as a kid, you know. Like when we, when the antenna broke, we already know what's up. Glow smoking on the antenna, 
it just be like, it, you know, like friends come through the door, she's sending y'all right back out. You know what it is, she getting had, like, you know, and I, and I feel like kids don't have to see that today. Um, you don't got a lot of crackheads. <laughs> um, that and then um, I would say these dudes, they killed um, one of my cousins right in the parking lot. And at that time, they didn't care who was out there. It was late, so we probably shouldn't have been outside, but you know, we out there hanging. It wasn't no little kids out, but they definitely did it in front of everybody. Mm. And um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And what's crazier is that one of the dudes who did it, like he's friends, they all run together. That boy who just turned himself in for killing that little nine-year-old boy in Cabrini, mm -hmm. they all run in the same circle. And it's just so crazy. Like they've been killing after all these years still. And that goes to show you, like, the police ain't doing their job. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's the same crew, same crew that was responsible for that. That was, like, years ago, over 10 years ago, about 15 years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. And this same crew just got locked up for killing a nine-year-old in the same hood. That's crazy that y'all still letting this same shit go on. It's crazy. Wow, that's, I, I really just had to think about that. That was it was a nine-year-old kid that just got killed in the Rainy Greens recently. Yep. Um, and what's crazy is, is this the same crew? Like three years ago, just killed another one of my cousins right there in the same place that little nine-year-old got killed in the row houses in Cabrini. Mm -hmm. This is the same crew that's walking around doing, doing the same thing and just no repercussions. Like they got out of jail in like three years after killing my cousin in the parking lot. And then... Um, I, I don't even know how. <laughs> Came home three years doing the same shit. No. Mm. Do you do you feel um, like what's your thoughts behind the police? Like with, with everything that's going on, do you feel like the police and the, the system they give? Do they care about what goes on in those type of neighborhoods, or it's just like whatever? Um, you know, I think it's a handful that actually do care because, mm -hmm. like, I, I do know some police officers you know, who actually care. They got the job to protect and serve. Mm -hmm. um, but some people you can't protect and serve. You gotta let some people be. So you got your handful that realize that, like these people not trying to change. We're not finna risk our lives, you know what I'm saying? And then you got some that actually care. Then you got some who just racist. I feel like they get on the force just to hunt black men. You know, that's mm. their thing. Like. They're racist from jump, and this is their agenda. I feel like it's an agenda when it comes to the black men that are being killed by policemen. Um, but there are some good police officers out there. You know, I do some of their taxes, and they're good people. They pay their taxes. <laughs> they're good people. You know, so I can't be like, oh, fuck all the police. But, you know, I guess I can see how people look at it like, well, y'all on the same force. You know, if, if how can you be rolling with somebody who's wrong? But that's just how females look at niggas who cheat, and they, they friends cool with them and be like, but you with him, and you calling me too, and you ain't telling me he cheat. No, I'm not gonna tell you that's the bro code. Like, and, and that's kind of how, like, with the police, like, it, this they job, this how they take care of their kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people feel like they can't go against the code. I don't know. It's a tough situation to be in, man, because they are, some of them are human. They're human, they're all human. You know, they're human, they got kids, they got shit to do, they got people to take care of. Um, a lot of times people don't even give them a chance. Mm. That's, that's a valid. I never really heard nobody break it down to you like that. When you put it like that, it start making you think different. Um, as a, in regards of personal, like, have you have any personal run-ins or incidents with the police? Um, not quite. 
like, I just try to stay out the way. If I ain't getting pulled over for texting, <laughs> that that's really it. Um, I ain't really had too many situations. Like in the projects, we always had little situations because um, they was killing boys back then. Like they catch you in the hallway. And that's the thing, because once the boys hit the hallway, you can't catch them. The hallway is a bitch. Like you know them stairs. Yeah. You know how to go up them and down them bitches, and they not catching you. You know, yeah. police get mad. First thing I'll do is shoot, and that's what they did so many times. And so you know, really. I, Oh, yeah. And Cabrini? Yeah. You hit them stairs, them boys, and then they'll say you had a gun, a knife, all this other stuff. We used to protest back then. Like, we used to be protesting with these little white groups who was fucking with us hard. We used to be out there as kids protesting, and, 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 and we're still protesting about the same thing today. It's crazy. As a black woman, do you feel like uh, your, your brothers do a good job of protecting you from all this type of shit? Um, my brothers. Like the, the, the black men in your community. Um. Cause you say like, yo, they got you, they got you around it, they got you, you know, counting up the money and all this type of stuff. So that's all that's cool. But when when the violence come, or when the violence, or people against you, other men against you, do you think they do a good job of protecting you? Um, I think men used to do a good job at protecting women. It seemed like, it seems like, black people let music change the way that they just behave all together um back then you remember music used to be kind of good and catered to women and guys used to tell women they love them in music they used to sing out in the rain be like i love you don't leave me like women were protected then they cared about women then i feel like they value women a lot more like you know men used to do they cheating but shorty used to be in a nice house <laughs> the kids took care of just all type of shit but i just really feel like women were more protected and it was kind of like around the music that was being made but when the narrative of the music changed because you gotta understand music is being consumed by masses so it's like the narrative changed fuck bitches they hoes fuck them da -da 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 -da. they really the value of women changed and how they value us like guys was Back in the days, like, it was just off limits for a guy to put their hands on a female, all of that. Like, the niggas would get together and stomp a nigga for putting his hands on a female. Now it's just so, like, normal. It's just, I just watched a video on Chicago Ghetto or something. They was, like, jumping his sister some Instead of him coming, breaking it up, boy, he putting paws on every female. Like, handling them like niggas. Like, niggas, these are women. I'm telling you, like, Man, he was fighting him like he Floyd Mayweather. Just, I'm like, these women. Um, but I, I do feel like women are not protected. But I'm grateful to have, like, real-life brothers. Like, when the pandemic first hit, we were scared. Like, you know, we getting all of this tissue and soap. We stocking up. But we scared because it's like, okay, this stuff going to run out. People finna start running to people's houses. What are we going to do? What? I call my brother like, I need a gun. I'm sorry. My brother, I got something for you. My brother came. The Tory Lanez, so let's speak on the Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion situation. Um, do you, f what do you think has to escalate or what, for a man to feel comfortable shooting a woman? Um, I, I don't think nothing should ever, it should never be a situation where a man feels like he's comfortable shooting a woman, you know? Um, like, okay, let me rephrase that question, they can't come over wrong. Is there anything you feel a woman can do to press the buzz to a man where he feel like he has to 
put his hands on the orb like Tori did, shoot Megan? Um, put his hands on a woman? Women do provoke men. I would say that because I can be a provoker. <laughs> like I know I can get mad, what, and I get to swinging. And we swing like we fighting anybody, you know? Mm -hmm. And it be, you be trying to not do that, but then your your reflex, the man reflex might be like, shorty, don't put your fucking hands on me again. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause we do tend to think that it's okay for us to put our hands on them and for them to not hit us back. You know, like, I don't know why in our heads it'd be like that. Or we think we could beat niggas. Like, you know, as women, we just, we tough. We think, come on nigga, let's, let's go. You know, we think we could beat a nigga. No one here beat our ass probably. <laughs> but um, I don't think that, I mean, it's tough because there's a line, like it's tough. Women will provoke men. But I do think that, you know, men should stand their ground. You are more powerful than us. You know, you, you can walk away from her, you know? Um, and, and in that case, it's like we don't even know the truth to the story because the story is being told so many different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, not to say that anything is justifying, but I heard it was a mistake. I heard the gun went off. I heard that he made a mistake and shot her, not pulled out a gun and shot her. Um, so, you know, I can't say too much on that, that whole situation. I just hope that, you know, Meg's doing well, she gets better. But um, until Tory side come out, I really feel like, you know, people just have to wait to get the details. Cause you know, cause we can't, we can't just hop the story or jump the gun because it's a female. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause we, I feel like we gotta get the full story. In any case, get the full story and then say whatever you're gonna say, pick whatever side you're gonna pick. But like I said, I heard from some good sources that it was a mistake. Now he should have been came out and apologized if you knew it was a mistake. Why you didn't come out and apologize? But, you know. Okay. Um, so, I, I wanna transition now, um, and I don't wanna negate the fact that, you know, keep it real, like no man should, I wanna make a statement, no man should, uh, put his hands on a woman, nor should he be trying to, you know what I'm saying, shoot a gun at the woman. So we're going to make that statement right now. But as we transition to the next, my next question, I wanted to talk about uh, your entertainment career. We're going to get into that. So My stripper career? Oh, <laughs> like I don't strip. <laughs> um, I want to go on, because you, you mentioned your baby father earlier and what he's doing, stuff like that. So a while back, Y'all had the whole TV show going on with you and the baby mamas that went like I only said TV show, but it's like went on Instagram and it like went viral. Like um, I guess it was like him and like all his baby mamas and kids and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, like y'all, a hundred and three baby mamas. <laughs> How many baby mamas do he have? Uh, three. He has three, right? Yeah. Um, it was like it was weird. We had like other women coming out, come out. They was his baby mom and da 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 da. We like, girl, get the fuck on. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, what what was the thought process about trying to put it together a show like that if, with you know your your child's father and all his baby mamas? Um, for me, because I know both of us releasing music and you just releasing music and you just keep getting the same results. I remember one day somebody told me, you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same thing. And I'm like, we can't keep doing that. So I'm like, what is it that we have that, because every... Every talented person that 
shoots to the top, they're winning off of something they have. People just don't know how to find what it is they got. They got to find it. Because you can get a deal and, and be flopping for years and years, and then you find your sound, and you get it. Mm -hmm. So I had to find that thing. Like, what is our thing that's going to get us there? Because we got something. We're too talented. So I remember at his last baby shower, he posted a picture of all of us. All of us came. You know, like, because typically we're all supportive towards each other. You know, she's another woman. She's another woman. If we would have met each other at a different time, different circumstances, we probably would be cool. It's just unfortunate that we met through a guy. Um, so um, the picture from the baby shower went viral on Facebook. It had like over a thousand shares. And then we were going to places like I was, um, I went into a car dealership and they like, oh, you were doing with the baby mamas and shit who's all at the baby shower. And I was like, what? Yeah, on Facebook, man, everybody saw that picture and shit. And I was like, because I didn't even realize that the picture did what it did. Until he said that, and I go look at the picture. I'm like, damn, this picture is going crazy. So I thought about that that um, situation. I'm like, look, I told my baby daddy, ooh, sorry, got leaves or some shit. Okay. <laughs> but um, I told my baby daddy, like, look, this is what we got. Like, this is what we need to use. This is what's going to do it for us. Look, we going to get it we all gonna get in that joint I'm gonna get the videographer I'm gonna get this I'm gonna do that and we gonna make this happen he was like a lot of times my baby dad he know I'm smart so sometimes he'll just be like yeah alright you know he don't really believe but he know I'm smart so he willing to take the chance but at the same time he be pulling back cause I'm a female and he don't wanna listen to his baby mama and he be like come on bro so he agreed he like man I'm with it if they agree I'm with it mm -hmm. baby mamas them too both of them were still in love with him, the last two. And so that was hard. Because both of them like, she say something to me up in this bitch. I'm finna da 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 And I'm just like, look, there's a bigger picture here. Everybody living paycheck to paycheck, right? We gonna get some big money, okay? And we gonna, all them celebrities y'all follow, we gonna be able to live just like that, okay? Like, y'all just gotta see the picture. I'm telling y'all, I told them, this is gonna go viral. We are gonna get a check. We're gonna get a TV show. I told them that. Um, they was arguing the first day in the crib. It was funny. As soon as we got in that bitch, they're arguing, looking at each other, side eye and shit. It's Mother's Day, so he bringing gifts. They looking at each other, gifts like, let me see what he got this bitch. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> comparing gifts and shit. And I'm just in there doing what I gotta do, being my motherfucking Shawnee O'Neal. Do you feel me? <laughs> okay, start arguing now. I be telling Cameron, did you get that? Did you get that? They sneaking off, kissing each other. He's sneaking off, grabbing her booty. Did you get that? <laughs> but we started filming and we didn't even release nothing. And instantly the next day it went viral. Like we woke up in the morning. First we hit T-Tenders. And everybody texted me like, y'all on the internet, y'all on the blogs. Then after T-Tenders, I'm in the tub. I'm cooling like, okay, yeah, this finna do something. I told y'all, but then it hit the shade room. And I'm like. There you go. My phone started going crazy. Day y'all on the shade room. Y'all on the shade room. Then we on every block, every block, every block. And it started doing what it needed to do. Exactly what I told them it would do. And um, we started getting calls. Good calls. Good calls. But, you know, I don't know. That, um, that could have been a really good thing. Because, you know, it's not even all about the drama. It's also about, because our kids love each other. Our kids genuinely love each other. And it's about being able to be under one household. Because I actually didn't think it was a bad idea. It was a dope like, idea. Here it is. You're saving money. 
because all of us got our own cribs. That's four of us with our own cribs, paying rent. And then if we need a babysitter, I'm dropping them off to this baby mama. Brittany, can you watch him? Or uh, uh, Journey, uh, Brianna, can you watch Journey? They, can you watch him? Can you watch him? We could be in one household and just leave. Okay, y'all here. I'll see y'all later, Journey. She cool. You know, she's raised with her siblings. We're saving money. And like, who says you have to be in the house all day, every day? You know, you come and you go. You mm. know, um, and you get to raise your kids in the same household and with love. Like, our kids, I guess, they love each other and they love us. Like, their kids call me TT. My daughter called them TT. They don't know, like, they don't know who I am, but they know that this is my TT and I love her because she loves me. And yeah so this could have been just something because i do feel like we helped a lot of baby mamas and baby daddy situations because they looking at us like y'all see them they can get along they can do this they can do that why the fuck y'all can't even have conversation with each other you know but baby mamas around the world started coming together like we were getting dms like we just i really like it wasn't all bad it was like man i really um commend you for you guys being able to be just on one accord like that i pray for today that me and my baby daddies, other baby mamas can be together like that. Like we had a lot of pouring meal just. Yeah, so it was it was some good, some bad. Put your feet on that. <laughs> Put your pussy on live for a thousand dollars. That you was hilarious. Um but no, that's dope. That's I like that concept and I do really think y'all should revisit that concept, you know. Um However y'all got to do it, I think y'all should definitely re revisit that concept because I think that's something dope and that's a dope piece of content that you don't have to curate. It's already there. Um, you know, and that's a conversation we can have offline about that because mm -hmm. I'm definitely down to EP some shit like that. Um, excuse my language. Um, it's just, you know, when you doing stuff like that, it's so many moving parts. Mm -hmm. and, and moving parts be different mindsets and then they, they, get, they got their own crews. So their different mindsets, telling them what they should be doing, and 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 then you, man, if if and I'm not saying I'm the smartest person or anything like that, you know, but I knew what I was doing with that situation, and I just felt like they should have just continued to let me just drive the boat, because we was going and we would have went, but you know things happen for a reason. Yeah. I went my way, and did my thing, you know, and now we here, you know. Yeah. Who's to say I would be right here up in this pool, in this big house by myself, <laughs> you know, because we was cramped up in the little condo, you know? <laughs> so that wasn't your only uh, TV attempt. So you actually did end up doing a TV thing, you know what I'm saying, solo with the whole BT movement, you know, uh, with the armchair uh, a &R. Mm -hmm. Um So that was they were first season of that, right? Yes. Uh. Um and that was something that was like curated all by them, created by them, and I was just kind of like a part of it with the contest that I won. Mm. So, um, so how did you take us behind you getting on that TV show? So um, again, so the TV show was a part of the winnings from when I won their BT's Next Rap Star contest. Mm -hmm. So with that contest, I got the A&R Armchair show um, to be on the cypher, mm -hmm. the hip hop cypher, and the deal with Island. And um, so it was supposed to be like a five-part five YouTube series, of which it is, um, based off of really A&Rs and how A&Rs work and how they A&R their first single, a first single with an artist, a new artist. Um, it was cool. <laughs> it was cool. Oh, that whole face look. It's just, 
you know, um, the audience that we're in front of now these days, they don't want to hear a whole lot of talk about. You got to give them some excitement. They want to see some. When did the shootout happen? They start shooting. Did they come to Chicago? Did they see them shooting? You know, it wasn't enough of, okay, when they hear Chicago, people want to hear <laughs> motherfucking shootout stories, you know? And, and I feel like, and not to say that, like, that's all it had to be about, but I kind of felt like they should have came home with me. Come to Chicago. Let me show y'all my city. Let okay. me show y'all who Day Jones is. You know what I'm saying? Let me show y'all how it is here. Okay. You know, and why we want to get out so bad. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, and I felt like that, would have been a little bit more captivating, um, you know. Um, but I do, I do get what you, I do get what you're saying with that. I do think that could probably got a whole nother experience. But um, it led you to what you were here now. You got the D, the BT look. That's a good look for you. You got the Island Records deal. That's dope for you. Um, you are one of the most Hustle, I want to say hustling people I know you always get into the bag and you always, mm-hmm. always results some people got get rich quick screens and they never get nowhere it's like then everything you put your hand into you see some type of return from it so I think that's real dope um great kind of well I guess I guess this is a result because sometimes you know I sit back and feel like I'm not getting results from music um but to even get here is a result. You know what I'm saying? To get to having a deal, that's a hard position. You know, that's a hard thing to do, mm-hmm. especially not having a fan base. I don't even got no fan base and I got a deal. Like, I think I'm like the first in this situation to to get a deal like that. Ain't no artist getting no deals like that with no fan base. You go sit at that table, build your fan base, and then come back to us, and we're gonna let you know what's up. Go build your fan base. That's all you hear, so. But- but just like to go off what you said earlier, you said people get things in this business um, based off tapping into what they have, right? Mm-hmm. And what you have, you are actually a hustler, entrepreneur, you're a trapper, right? Yep. Actually, how you got your deal was, was trapping. Was trapping. <laughs> you know what I mean? If people don't know the story, you paid somebody to send this line for you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. you was out there trapping. Yeah. So I, 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 don't think, I don't think you give yourself enough credit for who you are and what you do. So you did, you do see the results because that's what you do. Like you, you got here for being yourself. Yeah. So I think that's a fan base in itself. You know, it's a whole list of people that's out here trapping entrepreneur, which is this conversation having with you right now to spark, spark some content that me and you gonna have to have to talk about soon. So we're not gonna get the gems up okay. on this. <laughs> um, but that's just dope in itself. Um, but your music career, I see you all, you have doubts with it. I know one time you posted, like, yo, you, you done with it, you don't want to do it. Like, why do you feel like you, like, what's the, like, what's the, um, what's confusing and frustrating about this music game to you? Um, it's just the way that things are perceived. Like, it's not even about the music anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the person, who they are, who they're around. Um... Like, who you around is more important than your music these days. And I've gotten a lot wiser, so I'm not just around just anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not seeing me hanging around people just to look cool. Because, honestly, that could take a lot from you. I've worked too hard to get to where I'm at to let people take certain things from me. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can take stuff from your energy, out your pockets. Like, people be scamming. You think you got a friend, motherfucker done cash up. They sell 
three bands off your phone. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, I'm very particular about who I hang around and, and, and I feel like I'm not willing to just sell out like that. And But you gotta be in some sense. It's like you gotta be willing to do so many things to make it in this music industry. So that's what's frustrating to me because like, like you said, I trap hard, I work hard and I see results. So in a situation where I'm trapping and I'm grinding my ass off and not seeing results, that ain't too comfortable for me. You know, I'm the type that a move and shake. Like if I had a job and I knew I was worth more money, I need more money. They're not giving me the money I need or this job is not fulfilling. This is not what I want to do. I bounce. I go find that position that has what I'm looking for in it. And it's just unfortunate music. Like I can't just do that. <laughs> you know, like. I don't like hip hop. I'm finna just go over to pop. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't that easy all the time, you know? So I just really wanna be in a place where my work is being reciprocated in the results from this music shit. Cause I know I work my ass off. I work like a label, you know? Um, and, and that's what's frustrating. And then even to not get recognition for it. Like people look up to some of the weirdest shit. Like, it's just weird. Like, oh, he always got four guns on his hip. I fuck with him. Da 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 da. When it's like, I think I'm too smart for my good, so some people don't want to be around me. You know what I'm saying? It's intimidating in some sense. You know, because a lot of people are not that smart. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Look, you talk to some, and you probably talk to a lot of them. Some people, now don't get me wrong, because just because they from the hood don't mean shit, I'm from the hood too, whatever. But some people open their fucking mouths and they be like, damn, that's how you think? Ooh, you know, like you don't even want to be around them. And so when people, and I open my mouth and they see that's how she think, it's intimidating because it makes them feel so far behind. Like, damn, that bitch smart. Damn, like, like, I'm like the people who they sit in front of to get their deals. Like, that's how my brain really worked, you know? And, and them ain't even people they like to hang around. Like, we don't want to hang around y'all. We just want y'all to cut the checks. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm like that person. Like, we don't want to hang around you. We just want you to cut the check, <laughs> you know? Like, I have artists that'll be asking me about how to get money and won't even do a record with me or something. You know what I'm saying? It'll be like, you'll help me start a tax business, but they won't like none of my music or none of that other shit, you know? It's just weird. It's just weird. Um... I can get that. Um, I don't think you should let that hold you back. Uh, have you ever thought about, like, if... Because you have the CEO mindset, and that's very uncommon. It's, and it's proven that you can build the infrastructure. It's proven that you, can, that you can get money out of situations. It's proven that you can get yourself to a position where you have a deal and you would a record label when you're doing things like that. Have you ever thought about just actually starting your own independent label and just signing other artists and just say, fuck it? You know what? Uh, totally. Because before I got the deal, that's where my head was at. Um, I had a, I was working with an artist. I was trying to manage him at the time. He didn't have a manager. Uh, Duke Acapella from Northside, Thorndale. Hot. He dope. And um, I feel like he's so underrated. I feel like he should have a deal. And that was my goal, to get him a deal. Um, but you got to get a lot of these artists to value the information that you give them and listen. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? One, take it in, value it, and listen. A lot of these artists don't value you. If, like, if they don't see you at a CEO seat at the label, your information ain't valuable to them, you know? But it's like, you see I'm the CEO of my own company. 
you see I'm running a successful business and I'm doing everything that your favorite rapper's doing with my own money. I think that's enough to just listen a little bit, you know, but people don't value certain things and I don't know what, the, you know, I, I don't know why. So it's like he wasn't listening. He didn't want to listen, you know, um, and I was just like, this ain't the energy I want. You know what I'm saying? I can't be dealing with people because especially if you thinking about putting your own money up on somebody and, and they don't want to listen to you. Mm -hmm. Like I ain't got label money, you know, big label money. I got a little money, but I ain't finna blow it either. I'm, I'm not rolling like that where I'm finna just blow my money on you and you don't even listen to a motherfucker. Nah, we not rolling like that. Um, so I fell back and a couple months later did my own thing and walked myself into a deal. Um, but that's still something that I do want to entertain. You know, I do feel like I can find some people who are willing to listen. Um, but that's, that comes along with the way they perceive things because it's going to be like, oh, she had a deal. So maybe she does know what she's talking about now, you know, and it's weird. And it's like, I, I just, I can just walk up to anybody. He can just be regular dressed in Starbucks and just have a good conversation. But it's that conversation that I pick up that let me know that you about something. Like, I want to know who he is. I get the Googling motherfuckers and shit. Like, let me see who this person is. You know what I'm saying? Just off the way you speak. And and those are the type of people that I just love to be around. It ain't even about, like, how I see, like, oh, he ain't got the Gucci belt on. He ain't got the chain on. Like, people are just weird in that nature. But, um, you know, my daughter sings. Um, so I'm going to try to push her and see what I can do. Give me some other artists. I really think my daughter going to kick it off and kick it off hard like I'm a strong believer in that like that little girl got something in her me <laughs> but um she's so talented and kids are just not afraid to be anything like they're not afraid they don't care how they're looked at how they're perceived they don't care about results they don't care who watched the video oh so what I like this video if you didn't it doesn't matter kids are cool she's so cool and she can sing and she got the look and she got the friends and the peers. You know, when you in school, it's a lot easier because you got 30 kids in your class and it's 1,000 kids in school. And then they got friends at home and siblings at home and then they just spread like wildfire. So, yeah. You have the whole marketing plan down packed. Oh, is, yeah. I'm walking hot. You as a straight CEO, that's what's crazy. That's what I think. The knowledge you have in your head, what you know with the right situation and might, like you say, with your daughter is going to take you... It's going to take you places. And I, I want to quote, quote this because I see it, um, especially after having this conversation with you, I, I see it more. You said in an in, in interview with somebody else that you said you, uh, you wanted to be viewed as like the female Nipsey Hussle. Mm -hmm. I, I see that. You know, I see it. You know, and, you, and if you know anything about Nipsey, it wasn't about the sprint, it's the marathon. So, you know, Nipsey had mixtapes, albums that he's been pushing for years. Nipsey had a deal at one point. Then, I wouldn't say he lost the deal, but got out of the deal. Then he ended up circling back and getting another deal before he died. Mm -hmm. So I don't think your process is over, you know, on the music side. Just keep going. And you, you're not, I'm going to just say this. You're not, you're not weak at all. <laughs> not weak at all. Like, you got the bars. You got the rap. I, like, I'll, I'll vouch for that. You, you know how to rap. That's what's up. So, um, yeah, I say keep going, man. Um, I just think, though, with, because, like, Nipsey, he had a long little marathon. And he's a, a, a male. Females have it 10 times harder. 
So I got the marathon in the fact that I'm a female. You know, like, it's like guys just get a certain level of respect in the streets that we don't get. You know, like, you know, Jay-Z got his ear to the streets or his homie got his ear to the streets and then they hear about this nigga nip and you want to meet him because a street nigga can, can relate to a street nigga who getting it like that because that's how he got it. He, I want to meet you, you know, and, and just make it that easy for a motherfucker. I want to meet you. I want to see what you're about. I'm going to buy how many copies of the album he bought? Like, like ten, six, ten, oh, like ten, ten for a thousand? Yeah. Put him up a hundred K? Right, so it's like. No, it was a hundred dollars a mixtape. I think the whole bought ten. It was a hundred dollars? Yeah, he was selling this mixtape for a hundred thousand. I think Hove bought the, the ones for a thousand. Probably did. Because somebody put him in his bag a hundred K. I think it was Hove. I, I could be wrong. But, you know, I just feel like girls don't. Guys don't respect them publicly enough. Now, don't get me wrong, because I be having guys in my DMs or say if I bump into them in the streets, they'll be like, man, they, I see you. You on your shit, man. You, you. They be like, why, boss lady? Motherfuckers call me boss lady. And they be like, why y'all don't show me this love in front of people? You know what I'm saying? Because that's what helps other people openly, you know, give you the love. But again, the point is that females got it harder. So I feel like it might take me another 10 years. That's scary. <laughs> That's scary as hell, man. That's scary. I feel like I got to put on a whole clown face. <laughs> act a certain way. Got to act dumb. Act. It's crazy. Like. I wouldn't say you got to do all that. I say, I say keep going where you're going because everything you've done since I've known you, since I've watched you, because as my career has gone over these years, I've seen your career, bro. You know? So I, it's just like, it's progress, you know? For sure. So, so just keep going and you eventually whatever you you're seeking you're going to either get that or something that you didn't even know that's probably greater than that for sure for so sure. that's how i look at it um i don't know man this was a great conversation man the sun as, as the interviewers as you can see the sun and light has been shifting so <laughs> you know um that might be our cue to like wind it down but i don't feel like this is going to be our last interview and it's definitely not going to be our last conversation for sure. but um Every time I interview somebody for the first time, I always ask, I leave with this last question. And that question is, um, what do you see yourself in five years? Five years, what does Day Jones look like? Um, five years, Day Jones. Um, Grammy Award winner. Uh, having my own label. So CEO of my own label. Um, this No Days Off EP, Somewhere Platinum looking good every single that we drop from it um yeah so pretty much just ceo of my own label and um because because in five years i don't want to be doing music like that i mean i want to still work in the industry but i don't want to necessarily be doing music and touring and all of that stuff like i'm a behind the scenes woman you know i like that leg work it's a, it's so exciting because it's so rewarding when you know you're in the back and you mapping it out and da 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 and then you putting in the leg work and you put in that footwork and, and you get those results that shit feels so good man they don't know how that back end feel in that back end money be different too so um yeah so ceo of my own label with some successful artists with a couple grammys and platinum records um publishing company getting all of that good money <laughs> somewhere living in LA that's my like LA is my my happy place like LA is my happy place it feels good palm trees I'm gonna be somewhere in the hills with a beautiful home with some babies 
because I plan on having twins like at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'm just writing the whole story myself, <laughs> pretty much. How you know you're gonna have two babies? Cause I'm gonna have two of them. That's how it's gonna come. So yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Rich ass ain't he so well, you know. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.